BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets win last night over the Indiana Pacers, 111-102, making this a winning addition, and it's a jam-packed one as well. We'll break down last night's victory over the Indiana Pacers, 111-102, the final score. Second straight win for the Hornets, now with this new revamped rotation after the net proceeds of the two deadline deals have come in, started playing for the Hornets. Uh, Charlotte has gone 2-0, and so we'll break down the latest result, talk about the net return from those two trades and what the difference has been in terms of overall level of play. We also have a lot of news to talk about, including the news that Mitch Kupchak, the president of basketball operations, will be stepping down and stepping into an advisory role. The team announcing they have begun a search for a new head of basketball operations. We'll give you the details on that. And we've got a yellow ribbon honoree to talk about. U.S. Army Sergeant First Class Benjamin Laster was honored last night at the Hornets game. We'll have a conversation with him about his service and giving back to his community here in the great state of North Carolina. Helping me on all these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo. Rob, thanks for joining me. Very busy episode here of the HHC, so let's dive right into it. Hornets coming off their most efficient shooting game of the season last time around in the win over Memphis. It seemed just like night and day. And it was night and day from the day prior where they got blown out in Milwaukee. But the new players had come into the fold. We thought, all right, let's play devil's advocate. It's a banged up, frankly, bad right now Memphis team that had been on a long losing streak. Maybe it was just one night shuffle in some new players and all of a sudden the Hornets get some juice. Let's see if they can do it against a Pacers team that's playing pretty well, is playoff bound, has an all-star starter on it in Tyrese Halliburton and another multiple-time All-Star on the roster in Pascal Siakam. Let's see what happens. 
Hornets go out and shoot close to the same percentage again, 53.7% from the field. They hold the best scoring offense in the NBA to 102 points and walk away with another nine-point victory. And they shot lights out in the second half as well. They shot 65% from the field there in quarters three and four. And the biggest thing for me is, you touched on it, the defense. The fact that they only let Indiana score 102 points, you say, oh, it's 102 points. But at the same time, this is the best offense in the NBA. And this was the second fewest points that Indiana has scored this season at 102. They scored 101 last month. That was their season low against Boston and Boston is regarded as one of the best defensive teams in the NBA this season right now too so the fact that you're kind of in that same company as well we've seen the potential from this team time and time again wins against Boston wins on the road against Minnesota those two teams were tops in their conferences at the time now you're playing an Indiana team where yeah you won one early on in the season with a very healthy roster with LaMelo Ball and Mark Williams and all those other pieces this is a matchup where the Hornets just played this team less than a week ago, and they got blown out. And it's a completely different roster now because of it, and it results in a nine-point win. And, I mean, if we're going to be honest, I mean, if there weren't some big-time three-point shots down the stretch from Indiana, this could have been a lot worse in terms of the spread and only being a nine-point win for the Hornets. It could have easily been 12-15 if Indiana didn't fight back there late in the game and if they didn't have Miles Turner that scored 13 points in the first, what, like five minutes of the game or something like that. So the Hornets' defense, I thought, really stepped up. It's a completely different game when you're not taking the ball out of your hoop the entire time and that's not even giving credit where credit's due because Indiana still shot 51% from the field in the game. They just did not shoot the three ball very well. They got defensive stops. They didn't go to the free throw line very often either and the Hornets were able to take advantage of that and pick up the win. Hornets get the victory 111-102. to Another thing that really stood out, the Charlotte Hornets' ability to share the basketball. Not quite the same assist total they had the night before against Memphis. 30 assists on 47 made baskets, but a pretty similar ratio. 27 assists on 44 made buckets and even more telling, seven different Hornets ended the game in double figures. Leader was Grant Williams with 21. Miles Bridges had 20. But seven different players, Miles Bridges, Grant Williams, Brandon Miller, Nick Richards, Trey Mann, Cody Martin, Seth Curry, they're all in double figures last night. Hornets head coach Steve Clifford after the game talked about the ball movement, which led to such a diversified array of double-digit scoring efforts. We're moving the ball. The ball is moving. Everybody's passing the ball to each other. It's contagious either way. You can take an NBA team where one guy won't pass the ball, it's going to stick with everybody. When one guy passes it, particularly the best players, everybody will pass it. And right now we're moving the ball. Hornets did that really to an excellent level uh, over the last couple of games. It just seems night and day here. And not just that they're moving the ball, because I think that happened before, but the ability for more guys to knock down shots with confidence. And not everyone shot it great for the Hornets. I mean, there's a couple of guys who had lackluster either three-point shooting. Really, the whole team, they were under 30% from three. It wasn't a solid or strong shooting night, but they found open players, whether it was in the corners, on the wings, down low. It made for a really exciting brand of basketball for a second straight night and a second straight win. We got a shot at a win streak here for the Hornets heading into the All-Star break, which I might push to have moved back a week or two the way the Hornets are playing. Nope, too late. Sorry. All right, it's on this calendar. I guess we'll have to take the week off for the All-Star Good luck petitioning Adam Silver. Uh, Brandon Miller's got plans anyways. He'll be in the Rising Stars competition. He had a nice game for the Hornets last night, finishing with 12 points. Uh, This tweet here from Sam Purley uh, we want to give uh, some notoriety to uh, because Sam Purley finding this one out 
Brandon Miller has now tied for the most made threes in a single season by a Hornets rookie. He has knocked down 108 on his rookie campaign. That ties DJ Augustine for the Hornets single season franchise record for three pointers by a rookie. No question in my mind that's going to get broken uh, in the not too distant future here by Brandon. Uh, he should take care of that possibly as soon as Wednesday when the Hornets host the Atlanta Hawks. Tickets are available at Hornets.com. All right, Rob Longo, let's get right to it. Pick some stars of the night. Seven players finishing in double figures for the Hornets, so plenty to select from in terms of stars of the game. And some of the Queen City natives had some big nights. I'm going to go with one of them. It's a guy that has the 30 on the back of his jersey. You might have heard of him. His name's Curry. Curry's got a dozen. Three from Matherin, no good. Rebound to Curry. Seth Curry, chance to put the Hornets up with a one-point deficit right now. He'll drive the lane, up with the right-hand lane in, and he'll finish off the window for two. Seth off the bench, phenomenal last night, 18 points. He was 7 of 11 from the field, 2 for 5 beyond the arc, hit a couple of free throws, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, defense turning into offense like you heard there. He had a big third quarter. 10 of his 18 points came in the third quarter. They all came in the span of five minutes and one second. I mean, that was the back end of a five-point spurt from Seth right there, too. So, I mean, there were a lot of turning points in that game last night. That might have been one of the bigger ones where the Hornets were going into the locker room. They were down one, back-and-forth game. Game was definitely in the balance still at that point. Charlotte able to go on a little bit of a spurt there in that third quarter. Thanks to Seth, they end up taking an 81-80 lead going into the fourth quarter, and they were able to turn it up there in the fourth frame as well. But Charlotte shot 68% from the field in that fourth quarter, despite going 3-7 of seven from beyond the arc as well. So I just thought that Seth's ability to really spark the team, especially in that third quarter, is why he kind of put me over the top in terms of that top performance for me at least. Yeah, that's really where the Hornets took over the game. Curry, 10 of his... 18 points coming in that third quarter. Two of the team's three made threes in that frame coming out of the hand of Seth Curry. Here's what Hornets head coach Steve Clifford had to say about one of his new toys, Seth Curry, after the game. He got going. I mean, you've seen it. You know, he's done that obviously his whole career, but he got going tonight in pick and rolls. You know, he can score a lot of different ways, but he got going in pick and roll game. And I mean, he made some tough shit, you know, the step back to his left hand there over a bigger player, but. He's done it a lot, man. He's an experienced uh, veteran player. I had got watched him, obviously, that year in Brooklyn. He's a great competitor. He's a great co- – you know, you want on your team guys that you don't worry if they're going to try hard or not. You're never going to have to worry about him. Tough guy, and he wants to win. He has been winning since he's arrived back home here in Charlotte. 2-0 and are Seth Curry and this new-look Hornets squad. And uh, definitely you can feel it in the atmosphere, in the building, the, the crowds. They've come alive. We heard the Let's Go Hornets chant loud and proud throughout that second half as the Hornets were piling it on against the Indiana Pacers. Here's Seth's comments after the game about maybe a new buzz that's back in the building. It's been great energy. Um, both games, like I said, kind of got a jolt of new, new players in the organization and the fans are coming out and supporting. Um, we're playing a fun brand of basketball, like I said. And no matter of circumstances, everybody in that locker room is enjoying themselves, um, going out competing, working hard, and, and playing the right way. So, I mean, that's all you can ask of a team. And um, no matter what in this league, if you play the right way, you got, we got enough talent to compete every night. We might not win every night, we got enough talent to compete and put on a good show for the fans. And um, I think that's our jobs. And maybe one more thought before I give my selection for Star of the Night, but it's something Seth talked about before the game. He gave a lot of credit to the existing players, including maybe led by Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller, 
for their attitude and their enthusiasm and their exuberance for the game and for the the task at hand. I mean, obviously, the new recruits arrived and the team was 10-41. and 41. I had been on a 10-game losing streak. You would understand if they were frustrated, angry, sullen. They were none of those things. They come to work every day with a, a joy for life, a joy for the game, and a desire to get better and to, to build on their skills. And it's infectious. And the new guys that come in, uh, they bring a new energy, a, a new life to the building. But they had a lot to work with and a lot to build from in the attitude that the existing players had. It's not fun to lose, and certainly there were reasons for frustration, but I thought it was notable that Seth Curry gave a lot of credit to the existing Hornets that they joined, led by Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller. All right, my pick for star of the night. Uh, again, there's a lot to choose from. I do want to give a tip of the cap, uh, seven players in double figures, so we'd be here a long time if I gave it to all of them, but I do want to give it to Miles Bridges, 20 points, 10 rebounds, his 10th double-double of the season. What might be better than a double-double? Well, I don't know that I would have had Seth Curry at number two on my list, but I think he's a solid pick. But number one, I thought it was clear, it was Grant Williams. Halliburton, right side, dancing, step back, blocked by Williams! Recovery, Miller! And the Hornets are going to basically dribble it out. Miller to Miles. Hornets are going to hold. Bridges will dribble away. Pacers don't want to foul, and the Hornets can celebrate. Grant Williams revving up the crowd. Let him hear it, Charlotte. Grant Williams, the Charlotte native, finished with a team-high 21 points, had a career-high tying seven made free throws in the game. I just love what he's brought to the table. And I think it's notable, when they run out of the tunnel to start the game, leading the team... Each of the last two nights, it's been the two Charlotte natives, Grant Williams and Seth Curry, and they're at the end, closing it out, leading the team, getting the big block to basically put it out of reach or put the game in the bag. It's Grant Williams. So love what we're seeing from the Charlotte natives, from the new additions as a whole, and from the existing players responding to this new influx of talent and, most importantly, health, and taking advantage of it for back-to-back wins. We're starting to see this come together here, and keep in mind, LaMelo Ball, Mark Williams still haven't played with this group. Hopefully that day is coming soon, and when they get out there as a cohesive unit, my goodness, could be something special. As for now, it is a two-game win streak. Charlotte is 12-41. and 41. Rob, hope still alive for a 500 season. You're saying there's a chance. There sure is. 29 more to go. Hornets 12-41 uh, and 41 now with back-to-back wins. They'll try and make it three straight on Wednesday, tomorrow, when they host the Atlanta Hawks. All right, lots to talk about in this episode of the HHC. Uh, you might have heard the the news yesterday, the team announcing that they will begin a search for a new head of basketball operations. Mitch Kupchak is going to transition to an advisory role. This was a part of the plan all along based off of uh, what we have been told and, and what's been published out there. It wasn't necessarily a secretive plan, but it wasn't uh, necessarily is publicized or, or maybe caught some by surprise. So we will give you some of the details, some of the thought process behind it. Give flowers to Mitch Kupchak, a great trade deadline, but also he has laid down a very good foundation for whomever takes over next to build from. And he's not going to be a stranger. He's sticking around. So we'll have more on that a little bit later on here on the Hornets Hivecast. But coming up next It's time to talk to our Yellow Ribbon honoree, U.S. Army Sergeant First Class Benjamin Laster, was in the building yesterday to be honored by the Hornets franchise and the Hornets faithful, and he was kind enough to join us for a sit-down interview. We'll let you hear it next here on the Hornets Hivecast. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The Hornets honor military veterans and retirees for their unwavering service to our country and their impact in the community through the Yellow Ribbon Program, which recognizes one of these heroes during Hornets home games throughout the season. Our Yellow Ribbon honoree for February 2024, Sergeant First Class Benjamin Laster, who served in the U.S. Army from 1984 through 2005, was deployed several times and completed tours in Iraq, Saudi Arabia, and Kuwait in support of Operations Desert Shield, Desert Storm, Desert Calm, and Iraqi Freedom. Sergeant Laster received 16 medals, including the Bronze Star, and even after retiring from active duty, still serves as a U.S. Army JROTC instructor, a position he has continued for almost 20 years now. Sergeant First Class Benjamin Laster, it is our honor to honor you and our pleasure and privilege to welcome you here today to the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for joining us. Hey, awesome. Thank you. What an introduction. (laughs) Well, you've earned it. That's for sure. Take me back to the beginning. Why did you choose to enlist in the military? So so coming out of high school, I was actually an above average athlete, received uh, some scholarship offers. But unfortunately, my dad passed in the uh, when I was in the 10th grade. So my mom struggled, you know, to keep her, her house and and keep things under control. So what better way to support and help out than go in the military? So that was my true reason for going in the military. So you were starting with service right from the start and doing it for the most important people in your life, for your family. Beyond that, though, what kept you in it for 20 years? And then on top of it, serving another 20 as a JROTC instructor. Yeah, so... Staying in the military, uh, you meet a lot of people. You meet some awesome uh, leaders, mentors, and just good friends. So part of me staying in, uh, after my first deployment, I was determined to get out because of the consequences that we faced. So my mind thought was go to Hawaii, take a break for a couple weeks, and then come back and, and try to start on something different. That was my ninth year in the military. Well, Lo and behold, I come down on orders to go to Hawaii, be stationed there. So I was like, somebody tricked me. So anyway, um, I took the free trip to Hawaii 
that put me over 10 years and 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 at that point uh now I'm going downhill so I'm just working my way of trying to get to 20 but you know having fun meeting people putting different positions and opportunities was the main reason for doing those 20 years so now that you know I got got my 20 years in the military service I really wasn't ready to retire but I had been deployed a couple more times than I thought I should have been so I was you know I was ready to get out I wasn't ready to get out but I I got out so that took me into the JROTC world so I could extend my military career without you know some of the parts of what big army was giving us so I'm in here now uh this is my 19th year teaching JROTC, been some ups and downs, but the satisfaction of the wow factor with these kids is just unreal. It's unmatched. When they are, when they graduate, uh, they're going into their careers and they're doing things. We have produced a naval pilot, uh, Apache pilot, uh, doctors, a couple lawyers. Uh, state troopers. So, you know, just being a part of that is a is a super wild factor for me. That's got to be incredibly fulfilling working with those exemplary students and watching them succeed beyond their work with you. Tell me, what's one valuable lesson from your military experience that you only would have gotten given the path that you traveled that you hope the young ROTC members that you're instructing today will get as they follow your path? That's a great question. Uh, takes me back to uh, a deployment I was on. We got word that, you know, some things were happening. So a younger soldier and myself, we hid under a vehicle. And, you know, I could hear him talking. He was kind of talking under his breath. But when I looked at him, I looked in his eyes, and he was terrified. And this was my second deployment. And I, I looked at him, and I said, hey, don't worry about nothing. We're going to make it back home. So from that point, I knew that I could lead, I could mentor, and I could calm him down in a moment of a crisis like that. I knew that this was what I needed to do. I need to work with people. It could be young people, older people, but I knew that was my calling was just to work with people. It's an incredible story. You're working with young people now, and it's kind of a a common thought, generation to generation, that things are not like they used to be, and kids are different these days. I kind of think times just kind of change more so than young people. But you would happen to be an expert, so I want to know the biggest difference and biggest similarity between the kids that you work with today and the young Benjamin Laster, who originally signed up when you were their age. Right, so... Growing up in my community, we had people like the Davises, the Colemans. These were all families that when you go through the neighborhood, they would keep an eye out for you and and know, uh, make sure you were doing the right thing. So I was taught at a young age what right was. Then growing up in the military community, that's a whole different community, but it's a huge team that puts together for one common good. So now the community that I'm amongst now, I'm able to use those experiences from the Davises, the Coleman's, the Johnson's, all of those families, and I'm able to use those experiences to put together to say, this is what success is. This is how you achieve. This is how you stay out of trouble. So those little small things that we thought were small, they were actually huge, and I use them now. I even use them with my own 
business. I have a, a home care agency, so I work with seniors also. So from kids all the way up to seniors, I'm I'm on a daily basis working with. You beat me to my last question. You are the CEO <laughs> of CLB Home Care Agency, working to provide quality care to seniors and disabled patients who need support across the Charlotte area. What made that a passion project of yours? And if you would be so kind, how can people assist CLB Home Care Agency in the work that you do? Right. And so, you know, they say life is a circle. So I told you from the beginning that the reason I went in the military was to help my mother. Now my mother is 88. She's still with us. And she uh, requires service. What better way to service anyone or one of your loved ones than your mom? So that was the passion to get a home care agency so I can make sure she gets the best care. Well, your lifetime of service is truly inspiring, and you are a a fitting honoree, to say the least. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Benjamin Laster, Sergeant First Class, our Yellow Ribbon honoree for the month of February. Congratulations, and thanks for joining us here on the Hornets Ivecast. Thank you, sir. I enjoyed it. My pleasure. Our thanks again to Benjamin Laster, U.S. Army Sergeant First Class. Our thanks to him for joining us here on the HHC and, of course, for his service. Congrats to him on being the latest Yellow Ribbon honoree. Hornets on a two-game win streak, but the biggest news maybe from yesterday was the fact that Mitch Kupchak will be transitioning from head of basketball operations, president of basketball operations and general manager, to an advisory role. We'll have the details on that and a look into the future for the Hornets next here on the Hornets Hivecast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on a winning edition of the HHC. All good things to talk about so far, Rob, here with the Hornets' victory over the Pacers. They split the season series 2-2 two and two after the 111-102 home win. That's two in a row in the win column. Also wonderful to talk to U.S. Army Sergeant First Class Benjamin Laster, our Yellow Ribbon honoree. This one, it's a little bittersweet because uh, it's about Mitch Kupchak, the team announcing yesterday that they will begin a search for a new head of basketball operations. Mitch Kupchak will be transitioning to an advisory role within the 
organization once a new head of basketball operations is hired. And the, the only reason I say bittersweet is because Mitch is such a tremendous person. Uh, he has been so much fun for us to talk to, and, and I think he just brings so much in terms of overall basketball knowledge, his humor. Uh, he, he's just been wonderful, and we're going to miss it. But at the same time, it's not as if this was a shock. This has always been a part of the plan. Uh, he is going to continue to oversee basketball ops during the process, And this is really the perfect time for this to happen because, again, it it was not unforeseen. It was the plan dating all the way back to when he signed his last contract extension. At the end of this deal, he would pass the baton on to someone else and hopefully stay on as an advisor, which is the plan. He will remain as an advisor, and and that's just going to be invaluable for the franchise. But the timing really is perfect because Mitch guided the Hornets through the trade deadline, made two fantastic deals, three really, let's include the Terry Rozier one as well, uh, bringing back a future first-round pick. You bring back five players as well as draft capital, including a future first-round pick, very lightly protected from the Mavericks in exchange for two now former pieces of the rotation, the core rotation, one of whom was injured a lot. So now you've got five healthy bodies that are clearly paying off immediate dividends. And the team, again, they were considered sellers, so they added two future first-round picks. So the best of these deals might still be yet to come. But Mitch had a great deadline day. And now, while it's still a busy time on the basketball calendar, from a GM and a president of basketball operations perspective, this is a softer part of the calendar. So there's still things to do. He's going to scout for the draft. He's going to look for the next talent that the Hornets will be interested in selecting, likely in the lottery in the not-too-distant future. He's also probably going to have some signings. The Hornets have an open roster spot after waiving Kyle Lowry and allowing him to move on to his next destination. But there's less day-to-day that has to be done. This is the perfect time to conduct the search, select the new leader, and have that person in place in time for the key decisions to be made ahead of free agency, the draft, and the next season to come. And somehow he's still staying busy. I mean, last week he was in Spain. He was checking out James Naji as well, who is a draft and stash kind of guy that still has some years left on his European contract and was drafted last season, of course, in that early second round slot. But I mean, yeah, this has been in the works for a long time, obviously. And now it's just kind of time to really, like you said, pass that baton. And like you said, I can't say it any better myself. What better time to do it while he's still out there and scouting and being in that advisory role, kind of shifting towards that a little bit. Now that the deadline's gone, it's just a little bit of a quiet time here. There's not really a whole lot of day-to-day operation stuff that you really have to worry about, of course. And that's something that the new guy's going to have to come in and step up with. And it's an opportunity here for Rich Nall and Gabe Blockin to put another signature piece on their legacy that is already light years ahead, I think, of what everybody else is really uh, expected, quite frankly, here as the new ownership has taken over. Obviously, the reimagined Spectrum Center stuff has been great. Now you're in your look here at a new general manager as well, and you're still having those familiar pieces around, similar to Michael Jordan going from the majority ownership to still having a say in the minority stake and still being kind of leaned upon when there's those tough decisions for Rick and Gabe to really use that wisdom and that guidance. Same thing's going to happen here, and it's going to apply with Mitch Kupchak as well. If there's a question for the new GM and basketball operations guy, if there's anything that he needs, Mitch Kupchak is only a text or a phone call away as well, and certainly we're going to miss seeing him every day because I'm sure if he's in an advisory role, he might not be around every single day like some other guys, but you know, like we said, we're going we're gonna to miss seeing him around. He's a funny guy. He's one of those guys where he just kind of pops out of nowhere 
and he always has a wisecrack for you. I remember one day you and I were out having lunch at a famous establishment in Uptown and all of a sudden walking past this really tall guy and it's Mitch Kupchak. He's like, hey guys, how's it going? So it's just, you know, you see him everywhere around Uptown and you see him everywhere in the city as well. And we're going to certainly miss that to a certain extent. But again, he's not going very far away. Well, in two things, one to, to piggyback on what you said, it's absolutely a wealth of knowledge to keep in the building. And uh, there are a few talent evaluators on par with Mitch Kupchak. He, he really sets the bar. You think of what he's done in terms of identifying elite prospects for the Hornets. Brandon Miller, Mark Williams, LaMelo Ball, that is the future core for the Hornets as, as has been laid out by this team and all three have extremely bright futures. Brandon Miller just was handed off his Rookie of the Month award for January. We could probably give him the one for February now as well, the way he has been playing. Uh, LaMelo Ball, one of the youngest All-Stars in NBA history. Mark Williams, a very promising young center. Oh, by the way, in his previous tenure, running operations for the Lakers. He found all kinds of talent there as well. He drafted Julius Randle. He drafted Brandon Ingram. He's drafted all-star after all-star after all-star. So a great eye for talent to keep in the building. And kind of similar to what you said there about you know, when the baton got passed from Michael Jordan to Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin, they want him there as a minority partner to be able to bounce questions off. Who better to ask than the greatest of all time on the court who has experience owning a team? And likewise, for the new general manager or president of basketball operations, whatever the title ends up being, who better to ask than someone who has 10 rings, one for every finger, based off his decades in the game? Uh, can't think of anyone better. But there's another aspect of this, and that is building from strength. And I think that is another thing that you have to give a lot of credit to Mitch, as well as to Michael Jordan. When the baton got handed to Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin, the books weren't a mess. The franchise was doing really well in terms of what it gave back to the community, in terms of season ticket sales, in terms of general buzz. The groundwork was probably, you know, for the most part laid out there for the uh, reimagined campaign, even though it hadn't been fully announced and fleshed out. There was definitely room to work. And hats off to Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin for taking that baton and running with it. But it's not as if it had been dropped and laid on the ground and buried under a bunch of sand. They were working from a position of strength, and it's allowed them to hit the ground running and look what they've accomplished now. In just a few months, uh, the team, in terms of what they're going to be able to bring to the fans, in terms of atmosphere and building this thing for the long term, they were building from strength. And similarly here, for whoever takes over the front office, you've got some nice young pieces to build from. You've got a core in terms of the bench with experience that's now been added via the trade deadline. Oh, by the way, you've got a lot of future first-round picks that you can use, whether you want to draft players, whether you want to trade assets. Uh, There is a lot to look forward to here for Charlotte, and I think Rick Schnall, Gabe Plotkin, they're going to be the ones in charge as the the co-chairman. They're the leaders of the new regime, but you give a lot of credit to Mitch Kupchak for executing their vision here in these last couple of months and overall over his tenure as the head of basketball operations, putting the franchise on a really good path for whomever takes over next. We'll, of course, be covering all those decisions over the next several weeks and months and whenever a new person is announced. Can't wait to talk to him right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Rob Longo, this is about as news-laden an edition of the HHC as we have had. We had a winning game. We had our Yellow Ribbon honoree and, of course, the news here on Mitch Kupchak. Uh, still not done yet as president of basketball operations, but the search for his successor is now underway. Busy one, and it's only going to get busier from here considering the way that the Hornets have been playing as of late. So I'm sure we'll have just as much content for you tomorrow on that edition of the HHC. Probably. We could use a break, too, all-star break. 
not too far away. But uh, tomorrow we have one more game to preview prior to the All-Star break. Hornets versus Hawks. That one tips off 7 p.m. on Valentine's Day here at the Hive. Would love to see you all for that one. Tickets are available at Hornets.com. With thanks to Rob Longo and all of you for tuning in, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.